Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me and tuning into this podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast is here to open your awareness. I want to provide you with tactical teachings on how to master your mindset, create your ideal reality, overcome obstacles, and leverage adversity. Most importantly, it's to help you realize that you are in total control of your reality. My hope? to inspire and empower you to keep going. And no matter what, it's all about mind over matter. Be sure to check out my website, heatherhakes.com, where I offer you a free video training on how to manifest more money now. Again, that's heatherhakes.com and opt into my free video training. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 313. Today, you're going to learn how to clear your negative and blocked energy and also dive into the Akashic Records. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Laura Mazada. Laura, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Please give the listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? So I live in New York, about an hour north of the city, and I am an Akashic therapist is what I call myself because I've been a therapist for almost 20 years, but I've also recently transitioned over to Akashic healing and teaching. And I'm new to Akashic. We, we've spoken about it a little bit, but I'd love for you to go ahead and just deep dive. What are the Akashic records and how can we use this in our own life? So the Akashic records, I liken them to a spiritual library in the clouds. I'm a very visual person. So I like to envision this giant library up there that's manned by angels and guides and loved ones and ascended masters. And every single soul that has ever sparked into existence has a book in that library that has all the information about them. So when we open up your Akashic record, it has all the information about your soul from the time it first sparked into existence all the way through past lives, current life, future lives. And I call it Google for the soul because you have the opportunity to ask whatever question you want about what's going on in your life or in your past that can really help inform you um, and not just have an understanding, but also heal because this is the highest frequency space that you can be in. So what we're doing is we're actually raising our vibration by getting attuned to this space and illness and disease cannot exist at a high vibration. So it's very preventive just to be located there. Well, and I'd love to touch on that a little bit for anyone newer to the space or understanding that any dis-ease in the body stems from thought and stress and that even Napoleon Hill's book, I was listening to it on Audible again recently, he shared, and that was from the early 1900s, that any illness, it's not real. Like that's all man-made via our thoughts. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. Right. Exactly especially, okay, something about, and I don't really want to go too far into it, but COVID. So I've just stood back from a space of going, what in the world? I don't understand this. I know I believe in a higher vibration and that our bodies are, but the media, do you think it is just the fear based and the power of the media to have done what has happened? Oh yeah, for sure. It's, I actually have a very funny story about COVID. Can I tell you? Yes. So I had COVID in March, last March, of course. Well, it's not March yet. And, um, and my whole family had it and I have an immunodeficiency. I actually get like plasma infusions every week for that. So I 
was feeling really, really good before I got COVID about this whole pandemic. I mean, not feeling good about it. Let's not, don't get me wrong. But I was like, I'm the queen of introversion. I love being home. Uh I love being with my family. So like my whole family's home. I'm with everybody that I love. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this feels great. Like my husband's home. He's cooking during the day. I get to work. Like, this is beautiful. And I would, you know, I just kept getting busier and busier in my business. And I was just feeling really high on life. Well, one morning I wake up and the first thing I read is that like almost 700 people died in Italy that day. It hadn't really come much to the U.S. yet. We've gotten a little bit. We were starting to understand a little bit about it. But I started, I felt terrible and I was just like crying and I felt really guilty most of the day. And I said, you know, here I am loving my life and feeling like, oh my gosh, this is amazing because it's been so good for my relationships with my family, whatever. And I, I'm just not even considering like all these poor people who are losing their lives and their family members and horribly guilty all day. Next morning I woke up, had COVID. I'm like, see, I let myself go there. Right. Totally let myself go there. Okay. So I firmly believe that. And question about the Akashic records and past lives. You know, there is theory out there that death is not real. As Abraham Hicks says, we just croak. We go back into uh, non-physical. And so what is your theory on death? Well, I, I believe and have so much evidence of with working with my clients for years, just like Brian Weiss. I don't know if you guys have been familiar with him, but he's like the king of past life regressions. And he used to be mm. a psychiatrist and wrote the book, Many Lives, Many Masters, yep. and was had never believed in any of this stuff. But his client just kept having these experiences over and over and over again. He's like, it's undeniable. And so for me, when your soul leaves this body, there's so many things it can do, right? It can just kind of like hang out in the ether and, you know, snuggle with the other souls. It can go back to like its point of origin, which could be a star. It could be another galaxy. It could be a different planet. Who knows? Or it could decide that it has more lessons to learn and come back for another round. Pardon the interruption. Do you find yourself struggling with money? You want to be financially free yet you never have enough. I get it. And that's why I just released a new Manifesting Money video training. It's completely free. You can find it at heatherhakes.com. And what I share with you is my three-step process that I have used time and time again to not only manifest small amounts like $200 a day every day, but all the way up to how I've learned to manifest $10,000 through this three-step process I share with you. Again, opt into my free video training on how to manifest more money now, and you can find it at heatherhakes.com. Now, back to regular programming. Is that a powerful message, though, that we choose to come and have this human experience? Oh, yeah. Have you read the book, The Energy Codes by Dr. Sue Mortar? I have not. Mmm. That's a fantastic book just in general, but she talks about the bus stop and how as souls, we're all lined up at the bus stop and we get to decide which bus we get on. And when we decide to get on that bus, we're also making the decision to get on that bus with other souls who are meant to ride that bus together into this lifetime and all learn from one another. And every single soul that was on that bus, you have interacted with or will interact with 
before you die. And that could be a cat and it could show up as a person or a bird, you know, but um, you have made soul contracts with each, with each of these people mm-hmm. to assist each other in learning your lessons. And sometimes the people that choose to get on the bus with you are the ones that have agreed to be the jerk in this life. Like, you know, they agree to be yeah. the jerk so that they can help you grow because okay. that's better for the greater good. Let's go there. I love the term soul contract. And um, I just, I love that. And I think a lot of people, especially when it comes to relationships, why do we get so stuck in victim mode or, you know, he did this to me and she did this to me rather than understanding I chose to, we chose before coming here that we were going to have this interaction, have gratitude for the experience. And then as I like this, I'm just going to say it, move the fuck on. Yes right? Exactly. But why do we get so trapped and triggered with relationships? Because we are meant to experience duality on this planet. That's the whole point of us being here, right? Mm -hmm. So when we come in as infants into this planet, we come in without the conscious awareness of our spiritual selves, And the reason that happens is because we are meant to come to our own understanding so that we can learn the lessons that we need to, to move forward and talk about like throwing us into the trenches. Well, we decided to come into the trenches, right? And say, yeah, I am willing to experience duality, which means, or polarity, however you want to look at it, which means the extreme negative, the extreme positive. Mm -hmm. So I get to experience all of that. And I also get to experience through my five senses in a very tangible way that you can't as a soul. So it can be, there's a rub there, right? There's definitely a rub because it feels, it can feel limiting to us to be stuck in human bodies and that we only, we have certain limitations, right? So it's, it's set up this way with the polarity because it keeps offering us more and more opportunities to look deeper and deeper within to really get back to that true soul nature that we are. Which is infinite potential. Correct. Okay. So how do we, how can we shift a mindset and a perspective to realize that this is a gift? I chose to be here. I can make the best of it. How do I heal this past energy and this gunk so that I can have a much better tomorrow? How, how do, what's the process? So some people can just decide if they're ready, right? Like I've had people have done Akashic sessions with me once and it's changed the course of their entire life. And it doesn't mean that I'm the most magical human on the planet because I'm not, and it's not even coming from me. It's coming from the records. Yeah. (laughs) It's because they were ready. You know, they were like right at that juncture and they were prepared to say, whatever comes through, I am willing to take and implement. And I always say, Mm. literally, if you listen to every single thing, the Akashic records tell you to do, you are going to be golden but most of us don't. I don't even listen all the time when they tell me stuff to do. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that today. You know, but if we do, then we're following that soul's path. So it's, how do you get there? You stop and listen. You get to know yourself in stillness, which can can be through meditation, through journaling, and to be curious, right? Rather than when things come your way and you judge it or you blame it, or you get into this, what does that mean? And you're trying to get an understanding get really curious about, oh, interesting. Like now, if I didn't get any physical symptoms that come up in my life, I'm like, oh, intriguing. What's that trying to tell me? Uh, 
Okay. So try to get an understanding. Go ahead. Question for you. Something I've been trying to do lately when I catch, I call it monkey mind. So when I catch myself tripping that I got triggered and then I want to go through this whole situation in my head and try to justify and judge and, and then I feel awful. Right. Mm -hmm. When I catch myself doing that, I'm literally, it's almost like I have Tourette's. I'm like saying out loud, stop stop it. But is that the best approach? Because am I just repressing it? So it depends. So I do, I do, I used to tell my clients to just envision that big stop sign for sure. But there's a couple things. One is if this is a themed thing that's running through your mind, like themed obsessive thoughts, then there's obviously something that you need to learn about it that you need to attend to. So you can journal about that. I highly recommend inner child work. So that would be something that you could tune into your inner child because at that point, what you're doing when you say, okay, stop, redirect, you're parenting yourself. And so anytime that we can give ourselves that parenting in a very compassionate and forgiving and patient way, we are assisting ourselves with moving through something like that. Okay. And I give a, given an example of inner child work. So think about it think about a child. A child is, they just want to play. They want to hang out. They just want to be silly. They want, they're full of joy and they're, they're very animated, right? Think about all those qualities. And so what you want to do is connect to those qualities of yourself and view yourself in the same way, right? So being forgiving. So like if you're tantruming or you judge somebody or you act out instead of being like, shut up already. Right. You want to say like, Oh honey. Okay. I know you're excited. And I know you want to say this or that, but we can't interrupt people and talking to yourself in a way that's very compassionate and loving is very helpful with inner child work at the same time that you make sure you give yourself time to play, just cultivate the relationship with your inner child like get to know him or her and really understand what their needs are because not all of us have gotten all of our needs met when we were human infants. And so it offers us the opportunity to to understand that from ourselves so that we can offer ourselves those needs or meet those needs, I should say. The first coach I ever had, he told me, I remember through one of our sessions and I had written it down to be childlike. And that's something I think adulting people have become so serious in life. And I'm like, if you're not having fun along the way, what is the point? Right. Well, and it's also wonder, you know, like there's so much wonder and awe and, and children can be so grounding because it's like, you know, you, you look at an 18 month old and they're just looking up at the trees, like, Oh, look at all of them. And they love the sound. And it's just like, it's all wonderful. And being able to see things with wonder is so beautiful. It's great. We have that opportunity as human beings with our five senses. Yeah. Okay. So then question for you with the Akashic records and the work that you do, because I talk a lot about mindset and manifesting because we all have desires. And so can we talk through when you're feeling stuck or you're having struggle, obviously, how do you get from where you are to where you want to be? What is the work and what's the process? So that's really about the most important thing, which can be the hardest for some people is figuring out where you want to go, like figuring out what you want. And it's just so funny because so many times I can't tell you the number of times that I've talked to clients and said, okay, well, but what are you looking for? Like, what are you looking for? And they're like, 
I have no idea. I'm like, well, there's problem number one, my friend. So it's like, what lights you up? What makes you feel passionate? You can think back to that inner child and like, what got you excited when you were younger and those things you did to play? What are those things that like, if you really tune into, I always refer to the sacral chakra, which is like your womb space right underneath your belly button. That's your space of creativity, sexuality, sensuality, belonging. So getting yourself to be creative, like allowing yourself to get creative about daydreaming about whatever it is you want. And that doesn't mean that you're fixating on, well, I have to bring it in exactly in these steps or in this way, or else it's not going to work, right? Really what we're doing is we're manifesting the vibe that we want to embody. And what happens is people get distracted because they think that they're looking for like the, the hot guy on the, on the white horse with a crown on his head, right? What's wrong with that? <laughs> but yeah. that's the only thing that you're holding in your vision. And then when the amazing feeling comes along, you don't even realize it because you're still fixated on the fact that you want that particular vision. So you want to get clear with what you want in terms of how it feels. Mm -hmm. And then you say, all right, well, what's gotten in the way of me getting to this point already? And those are the things that you can dive in to heal. Because if we said, oh, we have to heal everything and get it out of our way to move forward, nobody ever would. And that's overwhelming and it's not necessary. And that's yeah. sitting in the, in the mess. Yeah. You know, so it's better to identify what's getting in my way and how can I shift my perspective on it, heal it, clear it, change my belief system, shift the story and, and start writing a new story. Okay. So you just touched on, I think those are really good points. So maybe let's run through an example and relationships dating. I, that's pretty generic and easy. So for those people that have gotten too hung up on height, eye color, hair color, nationality, whatever, you're saying what's really important is to know the what. So maybe the experiences, how you feel, laughing together, a partner, compassion, intimacy, support. Is that yes. what you focus on? And that's what you would get excited about? And then let the physical manifestation show its face? Exactly. Okay. But for somebody who is hung up on mm -hmm. a specific look, or an attraction, how do you let that go? So what I do is I do something called a dyad where I basically dyad with them, but it's typically not them. It's typically their inner child, to be honest with you. But what you do is you allow that person or inner child to speak and have a voice because clearly it's not going away because they feel like they're not, their voice is not being heard. This is what I want. Mm -hmm. They're having a tantrum. And their ego is having a tantrum. So Wait, you're saying the inner child is the ego or the inner child, either okay. one. Yep. Whichever one is talking to me when I'm doing the dyad. Okay. And so I will ask the same question over and over again. So, you know, if you said to me, um, but I want this guy with brown hair and blue eyes, and he's got to be six foot one. I'm like, okay, so what is so frustrating about the fact that you don't have that? And then you would answer the question. And then I say, thank you. What is so frustrating about the fact that you can't have that? And we do this for five minutes and you can do this with yourself. You don't have to do it with a practitioner. Um, and we set the timer for five minutes and you just let it keep coming out. And it'll, I'll tell you what's so cool 
is when you do this with yourself, you just write everything down. You have so much content of what's going on in your subconscious mind that it's, it's very healing because really what you're bringing forward, um, what's underneath that fixation. So ultimately it just wants to be heard. Exactly. And once it feels heard, I think that's what a lot of people are seeking, right? You just want to be heard. Yes. And then you can let it go. And then, so if a guy who's 5'10 and blonde, who's bald shows up, can that attraction happen? Because now you've been heard? Absolutely. A hundred percent. It's I'm talking un- to myself. <laughs> it's unreal how much it releases. I mean, every single time I do this, people are like, oh, I feel so free, so relieved. And it just doesn't come back. Mm. It really doesn't. And then, I mean, it might come back, say, at a different level, right? Like a different layer. But then you just do the diet again, kick that to the curb and move on. So I think here's another pain point that I I feel a lot of people experience. Money. And people are so hung up on money and talk about ancestral and conditioning and, and it's, you know, it's been decades and centuries of whatever. So how do you break the ties of that lack and scarcity? Because money is just energy. Mm -hmm. How do you do that with money? So there's so much work on money. I mean, it's so, it's also a sacral energy, right? It's also like a very um, sensual, creative, passionate energy. And so the same work that you're going to do on sexuality in particular is going to be money work because it's about safety, right? People worry, they don't think they're going to be safe. So ultimately money work is about grounding. It's about trust that we're all in this together, that we are a collective universe and that we're all exchanging with one another and that we are infinitely provided for. But it's really, once again, why is the theme keep seeming to be the inner child today? But yes, it's coming back to the inner child, right? Which is the inner child feeling safe and finding that safe foundation and really knowing how secure you are, not only in your current environment, but within yourself, creating your own safe foundation within yourself. And one of the best ways that I like to do that is to help people start getting a structure in place for themselves right? Because when we say, all right, I'm going to eat it this time. And then I'm going to go do this for myself. And you really think, what are those things that I want to do for me? And then start making them happen. And it doesn't have to be on a daily basis. It can be once a week, but you're showing yourself that you're reliable. You're showing yourself that you will consistently care for yourself. And that's the kind of messaging we want to start implementing to secure that level of safety so that, you know, we don't have to rely on money to do it or to feel it. So if safety is an underlying root cause or issue that we don't feel safe, how is that repelling money? Wait, okay. Let me think of it in a different question. If I'm not feeling safe, that means I'm low vibe. I'm probably closed up, right? So my fists are closed. I'm, I'm afraid. And if we can heal that and let it go, we literally, we open up and, and that's how you can receive. Okay. So yeah, receive. Feel, okay. Feeling unsafe means we, we can't receive because we're closed up. Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah. Well, I also love this too, because I just love like your body language is, you know, because I, I used to do lives on this all the time when I first started my healing business of like that, that desperate clenching energy, that gripping energy is never going to get you anywhere about anything because you're choking it to death. You mm. think about a really tightly closed fist, you know, you're, you're squeezing that to death. There's no air that can get through that closed fist. When you start to open it a little bit, at least some air can flow through. And then when it's really open, you can receive all of it. And so one of the things that I have people practice in as an action step is to start practicing receiving. And it can be as simple as somebody opening a door for you, somebody baking you banana bread, somebody offering to like drive you somewhere. And every time somebody offers you say, yes, I would love to receive. I think that is such a great visual and teaching point that we have a chokehold on what we want in life. We want it so bad. Here's, here's what I'm imagining. We want it so bad. We're night white knuckling the steering wheel, trying to control every outcome yeah. and everything happening in our life. If we would just get an Uber driver and enjoy the ride, right? Exactly. Yes. Well, that's easier said than done. So how do we step into that? Right. Because the, the hard part too, right? This is where the leap of faith comes in. And oh my gosh, this is the stuff that would give me heart palpitations when I started this work. Cause I, I had that, that one meme that I saved on my phone and I wish I knew who it was by, but it just says leap and the net will appear. And I'm like, Oh, that makes me so scared. I don't think I can do that. But especially when it comes to money, especially that's the big thing. Invest before you have the money necessarily, or invest before you get exactly your outcome that you're looking for. Right. Because when you do that, you're showing the universe that you trust and that you're following the path where you're led regardless. So if I were to pay for an Uber driver, I'd be like, okay, well, this is $12, but I only have 15. But I also know that as I give this person $12, how do you know that you're not going to get to the coffee shop and somebody in the line before you is going to buy you a coffee? Right. You know what I mean? Like you then have actually exponentially expanded your likelihood to receive because you're now open and you're trusting. Isn't that the law of reciprocity? Yeah. And the whole thing, whatever, I remember I've heard, I don't know where I heard this, but whatever you are seeking, give. Because whatever exactly. you give, you'll get back. And don't give to receive, but you know, if you're seeking no. love and a, give that to somebody. That's so funny. I literally was just this morning, I did a session with a client and it's somebody that I've known for a really long time. And she's like, I know that you aren't really seeing traditional therapy patients anymore, but my, my family's in a really bad space. And I was wondering if we could meet. So I said, sure. So we met. And then while we were meeting, I said, you know what? I'm refunding your money. And she's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, yes, it just feels right. Like, I, I adore you guys. I've been connected to you for years. I want to, I want to give to you. I just want to give to you. Like I'm just called to give to you. And so I'm just going to do it, you know? And that's the, that when it comes from that space where like, it just feels right. And it just feels, I don't know why it feels right. It just does. And so I'm just going to do it. And that's when we receive even more because we're not doing it with an expectation of something in return. It's not an exchange relationships. Those are never healthy. Yeah. Okay. So something we touched on previously before we started recording was Ho'oponopono. Yes. Can you talk about that a little bit in this whole, maybe, you know, that's a process or a tool someone can use to 
do this inner child work or releasing these blocks. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because it's effective for everything. Even if your refrigerator is broken, you can recite Ho'oponopono over the refrigerator. So it's an ancient Hawaiian prayer that um, communities would take responsibility for any kind of conflict or tension or negativity that exists in the community. So even if a mom and a daughter were having an argument, they would pull them out and they would all stand around, the whole community would stand around these two and hold hands and recite this prayer over and over and over again until the energy dissipated. And then they would go about their day. And then um, somebody was walking up and down the hallways of in a long-term inpatient psychiatric facility and was reciting this over and over again in front of the patient's rooms and through their charts. And the facility ended up having to close down because the patients were not at 100%, but they were functioning so well that they no longer needed that level of care. So um, the effects have been brilliant and it's so simple. It's four statements. It's thank you, I love you, please forgive me, and I'm sorry. And how I do this practice is when I'm starting a new Ho'oponopono practice, I get out my journal and I put each of those four statements on the top of a new page. So they have, they have their own page. I have four pages and I write out exactly why I am thankful for that person or situation. Um, I love you because, and then I fill out the whole thing. And then after I get an understanding of my responsibility in this and how this is unfolded for me, I then just recite it over and over again when this person comes into my mind or when this situation comes into my mind and you don't have to do them in any particular order. Um, but reciting them is, is an energetic release. Okay. Can you say the four statements one more time? Thank you. I love you. Please forgive me. And I'm sorry. And when I've done this before, I think in a situation, let's say you get in a tip with somebody, I think that could, I love you to them, but I, when I've done it, I guess, especially, you know, let's say I get triggered or feeling judgy or whatever, it's going back to, is that somewhat inner child work? I love you. You're safe. I love you. We don't have to retaliate. We don't have to, I love you. Mm -hmm. Is that Ho'oponopono on yourself? A hundred percent. Doing Ho'oponopono on yourself is brilliant. And especially with your inner child, for sure. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I will just say, just because I think this is an important thing to note, we want to be very careful that we aren't just using these techniques when something negative is coming up in our lives, like when we're triggered. We want to use them preventively on a consistent basis because we deserve that love just because. And our brains start to get wired with, oh, when I act up and I'm super negative, then I get the attention I need. Oh, and yeah. so you're setting up this tantruming, soothing cycle for yourself. So don't train yourself that way because I'm not saying don't use it. It's still a good step and it's positive, but be preventive with it. And you're going to see a greater level of stability. Okay. That is huge. And I, I guess I wouldn't have even thought about that way, but you're right. And that's why even, um, hypochondriacs, they got so used yeah. to getting attention when they were sick or hurt. Exactly. That's how they act out. Okay. So in this case yeah. is what you're saying. It's about being proactive and not reactive. Correct. Exactly. So how can we, cause I know for me, I, at least this is a daily intentional practice. Yes. I call it building my mindset muscle. And I'm, you know, I've just become so much more aware and I still have my moments and my days and I call it falling off the wagon, but it's how long is the lapse between falling off or going through this thing and getting back on? Mm -hmm. So how do we continue being proactive and, and living our best life instead of constantly reacting to shit? 
Yeah. Well, a part of that is about knowing where you're going. Like one of my favorite, one of my favorite questions that I ask myself is, does this support the life that I'm trying to create? Mm. So that's a big one to, to just bring your mindset right back into line, right? Does this support the life I'm trying to create? Yeah. So that's a very helpful statement. The other thing is to make sure that, so for me, before I, I only open my client calendar up one month at a time. So before I open up my client calendar, I schedule my coach, I schedule my mastermind, I schedule my massage, massages, I get two of those per month, yay. Um, and I schedule in the time that I need yeah. for me to spiritually be centered and enlivened. And then I opened up my client calendar. And so that is one way that you can make sure that your time is set aside for you to be preventive. And, and during that time, you can use any of these techniques that we've talked about today, yeah. but it's being intentional with that space and time for yourself, creating space in your life before you feel a need for it. I love that. And I think, especially I, I see it more with moms, but you know, they self-care is not a priority. And for me, it's self-care is not selfish. It's necessary. No. And it's that whole, yeah. you can't pour from an empty cup. So I, I love that to intentionally schedule and blog at the time to take care of you so you can show up for the rest. Yeah. And just because like, you don't have to justify it. And it, that's one of the reasons that I know that I got physically ill is because I was, I had to justify everything. I was like, well, now I can't go because of my illness. Well, screw that. I just don't want to go. Like, I just don't want to go. Right. Yeah. And so it's, it's allowing yourself to develop your sacred. No. And just say, yeah, no, I don't want to do that instead of having to have a reason for it. I love that so. too. So what we're talking a lot about here is boundaries. And sometimes yeah. I felt that way. It's like, man, I really want to be more social. And then I get asked to do something. And then it's like, but I don't, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the FOMO fear of missing out. There's another one um, I've seen JOMO joy of missing out. And I've just gotten <laughs> to the point in my life. Yeah. I would rather be at home by myself reading yeah. a book or watching a feel good documentary or whatever, rather than be in the energy, just to be out. Always. Yep. Totally agree with you. Okay. So if we were to wrap this up in summary, what do you want people to take away from this conversation? I mean, I want, I want you to know how much power you have, you know, I want you to realize that every single thing that happens to you is for you. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be comfortable. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to know exactly why it's coming into your life. But it's being able to, no matter what you're going through, hold that confidence and that hope that it's temporary, that you're going to move through it and that it's going to actually move you further on your path. And that, that takes time, right? That takes, yeah. uh, it's a different perspective. And I think, uh, yeah, it comes down to choice, choosing to, oh, right. you know, another saying I love, and I actually rewrote it on my mirror this morning is it's this or something better. Yes. Anytime I'm feeling in a funk, uh, I remember even back in the day when I would interview for jobs, not getting a job could really put people in a hole because you don't feel worthy yeah. and not enough. And that's quite a trigger. But if you realize that you didn't get that interview, so you could go on the next one, which was a way better job. Yep. This or something better. Exactly. And that also brings me to like, 
that every time you say yes, you're saying no to something else. So like if I'm saying yes to somebody asking me to go somewhere, but I'm not fully aligned, I'm then saying no to myself. Mm. You know, so that also helps with that too. Um, that mindset of being able to know that you have a choice in every situation and you get to weigh what serves me and helps me become that best version of myself. Okay. I have a question for you and I kind of already cheated and asked you, but if you could give just one message to people, you know, this is your last day or your last moment and you're going out, Mm -hmm. what do you want people to know? We're all in this together. We're all in this together. Like you're never alone ever. There's, I promise you, at least one person, probably a lot more that are just like you on this planet or are waiting for you. And so realize that you have a unique gift that collaborates really beautifully and uniquely and fits like a puzzle piece with somebody else's. Mm -hmm. So show your authentic self, put yourself out there, open your mouth, and you'll have a higher likelihood of finding them. Yes, I love that. Okay. I'd love, I I don't really want to, but for time's sake, uh, I do want to ask you a few rapid fire questions to wrap up the interview. The first one being, what is a quote or motto that you live by? Less is more. What do you mean by that? Less stimulation provides you with more space. Ah. Less talking and more observing provides you with more wisdom. Less go, 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 go provides you with more ease and joy. Oh, I love that. What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? (laughs) How many books am I currently reading? That's a funny one. Okay. So which one would I recommend? I absolutely adore the Zuda manuscripts. It's Z-O-U-D-D-H-A, I believe. Um, It's a spiritual book, but it's phenomenal because he weaves this beautiful story into it. Um, uh, It's, it's an absolute, it's, there's a lot of lessons in it. There's a lot of wisdom and it's an easy read and I love it. Do you read Robin Sharma at all? I don't know any book names. Uh, The 5am club was one of his biggest. Oh yeah. But the monk who sold his Ferrari. Anyway, Robin Sharma, he actually writes and I think it's, I'm going to mess up the name, but not quite fictional, but uh, he just has such deep wisdom in his writings. Darn it. I can't think of his genre. Anyway, that made me think of Robin Sharma. So that deep wisdom of storytelling. Okay, cool. I'm going to look that up. And the book that I read the most recently that I love that I think everybody should read is Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. Really? Oh, it was phenomenal. Okay phenomenal and you know what's so awesome about it too it's like a it's like therapy in a book but but deeper than that it's awesome because it's like you know he he tells you his story and he's the perfect mix because he worked in corporate but then lived in an ashram so he's like got both of these and he was juggling between the two and expectations and all of that and so but he has lessons and and like exercises you can do in each chapter and it's it's awesome okay good to know yeah Final question for you. What advice would you give your younger self? Um, be patient. It's all unfolding. Thank you. I needed that. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Laura, today's conversation was amazing. I, I wish we could have definitely gone longer, but thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. It's been awesome to hang out today. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Be sure to sign up for my free video training on how to manifest more money now at heatherhakes.com. And I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can find me on Instagram at heather.hakes, Facebook, Heather Hakes, and YouTube. Guess what? You got it, Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.